Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back in. It's BYU and UCF coming your way in a little less than two hours. A big conference game for BYU. And we're going to continue to break this one down to get you ready. But before we get into the three-pointer, Mitch, where we do a deep dive into this matchup, we got to talk about something from the Baylor game. You were there. What do you think of the officiating late in that game? And in particular, what was your vantage point when Pope smashed the water <laughs> bottle right in front of Greg Rupel and Mark Durant? Well, I got to admit, when Baylor got down nine and then the wave of officiating that whistles that took place, it felt like a blatant case of home cooking. It, it just did. It, it screamed out loud like, hey, we can't let BYU come into Baylor. Now, I know that might sound conspiracy theory mode, but it sure felt that way because when BYU got up nine points, the tide was turning and that crowd was on edge. There were some Baylor fans right in front of the media row and they were (laughs) visibly nervous. Got to say too, Baylor is one of the most unique experiences. It's almost, it's the only thing that I've ever seen in college sports that's close to how BYU is from a we lean into our faith. We lean into who we are. There's a pregame prayer. There were videos uh, through during timeout breaks of all the Baylor players saying what their faith means to them. Very unique. And I just I think that there's a lot of you know synergy between BYU and Baylor. And again, I, I'm calling it the friendliest rivalry in the Big Twelve because it just really feels both these programs and and departments just truly respect the heck out of each other. But The officiating was hard to respect because I thought that was a mess. And like Mark Pope, when that, what I thought was a jump ball, and I'll still call it that, I thought clearly going to be a jump ball. So I'm a little, I'm right behind the hoop uh, that was in front of the Baylor bench and the media section. And it was very cool media amenities too. You would have loved it with the, there was plugins, there were outlets for really any of your phone, USB-Cs, like high-end stuff. It, it was great. And it was all like embedded into your media seat. There was an area for a backpack. I know we're getting deep into the weeds here, but for our like media amenities at the Marriott Center, it's like tight. It's squished in. There's like a folded table. It's like, a folded <laughs> table, man. Nothing can tumble at any moment. I know. I'm like always worried if I like lean into this table too much, it's going down on the season ticket holders in front of us. But uh, so I got a pretty good vantage point of that bottle deal, and I watched it and, and saw Mark Pope just in, in you when he thumped the the scores table. You could hear it because it was a moment where I think everyone was just confused in the building that they called a foul on a on a on a player, and they were trying to gather their thoughts. Who was the Baylor player, BYU player? And then they see Mark Pope, and it's a quiet gym, and he just. And you see that water burst. And I was like, whoa, he really went there. But at the same time, I know that, you know, he didn't say anything at all. Like, he didn't, like, let out any sort of audio. It was just a quiet thump. And I don't know, like, did I, I was maybe unsure, does that warrant uh 
technical, just him hitting the scorer's table. I mean, it was it was a moment of lashing out. Sure, he was clearly frustrated, but I, I mean, he didn't he he, he didn't chew out the refs. He just kind of turned around and then hit that scorer's table. I, I didn't realize that could be grounds for a technical. I don't I don't know if he does that without the water bottle. Does that get a T? I don't I don't know. I tweeted it was disgusting by Big Twelve officiating. That might have been a bit too harsh, but you can't call a technical. When someone is frustrated, unless they do something. Like, if he had thrown the water bottle yeah. into the stands, okay, that's a bit too far. If he had ran under the court and screamed in the official's face, that's unprofessional. That's going too far. But to, in a moment of frustration, because BYU is still in that game. Yep. Down hole makes the three. They're down five. If you get the jump ball, which was in BYU's favor, you go down and score and make it a single possession game. You're right back in the game with, what, 30, 40 seconds left, something like that. So I thought that was ridiculous because that technical foul ended the game. They go down, make a free throw. They get the ball. They make some more free throws. It's three-possession game. It's all said and done. The officiating has not gone BYU's way yet, and it's – I can't believe we're having this discussion, and this is what's so frustrating about basketball at all levels. Why in basketball, Mitch, does it feel like the, the officials have a bigger impact than every other sport? Like in football, sure, there's a moment here where they miss a PI call or and then it's magnified, but you don't feel like throughout the whole game it's just blatantly horrible. Where in basketball, in both of these Big 12 games, BYU has committed significantly more fouls. They've been to the free throw line a lot less, and I just don't believe in basketball that games are that – the disparity is that wide when it comes to the amount of fouls you commit. I just I just want equality when it comes to officiating. And, look, I'm not saying BYU lost those games because the officials, they had plenty of self-inflicted wounds that hurt them more than the officiating. But, man, that technical foul was just a, a magnifying glass on BYU has not received the benefit of the doubt in these first two games. And I hope later today that it's just equal – Similar number of free throws, similar number of fouls. Let the players decide this thing on the court. I'm with you. I mean, Baylor had 28 free throws. BYU had only 14 attempts. I mean, that that's kind of the ball game right there in, in a way. If you have BYU getting 28 free throw attempts, I like their odds of closing that gap. I know BYU's not the best free throw shooting team, and they got to capitalize when they get their chances, but... It was definitely it double digits if they have yeah. 14 more free throws, Mitch. No question. I mean, it was a, a staggering difference, and you could feel it too. I, I think that, you know, I, I thought back honestly to the commentary. So there was an official, a head of the, the head of officiating in the Big 12 spoke to the media at Big 12 Basketball Media Day. And I just remember I went back to my notes of what that individual said at that media day because just. I knew the officiating was going to be a hot topic this week after what transpired at Baylor. And, you know, it's clearly a different style in the Big 12. Like, that head official back in October at Big 12 Media Days just straight up said, you're going to never see a charge basically called in this league. And really, there's never charges called in this conference through two games. We haven't seen really any charges called. Uh, it is a physical brand of basketball, but it does seem like it's, it's almost like the, this league doesn't understand how BYU plays, and there's almost like a feeling out process right now, whereas maybe Cincinnati's style of play was better built for BYU. I don't know, but very curious to see how the whistle plays out today against UCF because I, I do think it's almost like a feeling out process where you got to kind of get a sense of 
how these officials are going to call things and the best team to adjust on the fly uh, it might be the one that ultimately wins the game. And to your point, it's it's unfortunate that's even a thing because officials just sadly have a huge role when it comes to these basketball games. And today's basketball game is BYU and UCF, 2 p.m. tip. Extended pregame starts with Greg Rebell and Mark Durant here in Orlando, 1 p.m. between the Cougars and the Knights. Did you know, Matt, first time since 1999 that BYU's playing a true road game in the Sunshine State, BYU, when they defeated Florida International uh, last time they had a true road game in the state of Florida. So it's not often that the Cougs are going to Florida. Now it's a conference tilt against the Knights. And let's get into our three-pointer here on the show. We'll start things off with a key stat. What do you got? BYU is only committing 10.6 turnovers per game, Mitch. They have to stay around that number if they're going to start winning Big 12 conference games. They've been way above that in the losses against Cincinnati and Baylor. Spencer Johnson early in the week said, these turnovers are on us. Like, there's just little things we have to fix. Not stepping out of bounds. Not making bad passes. We have to correct that. That is a correctable thing. But if BYU wants to start winning games, man, they got to get back to those turnover numbers we saw in non-conference play. I'm staying along those same lines. I'm going with the assist-to-turnover ratio. Despite the enhanced or heightened number of turnovers in Big 12 play, BYU still leads the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio. 2.04 is BYU's assist-to-turnover rate. That's number one nationally in the country. So, yeah, keep those turnovers low. BYU's going to have a chance to win this game. Players to watch for me, Mitch. Trevin Nell is on a heater right now. My goodness, I cannot believe how well he's been playing. Listen to these stats. He's at double-figure scoring in five straight games, and if you take out that dud against Denver, he's at double-figure scoring in nine of his last ten games. He's shooting over 50% from three in five consecutive games. He's made at least three three-pointers in five consecutive games. So I want to see how this dude continues this great stretch of play. And if I'm Dallin Hall and if it's Jackson Robinson coming in at point guard for a little bit, find this guy the ball. When I see that he's only taken eight three-point attempts against Baylor, excuse me, five. He took eight field goal attempts for the game. Only five three-point attempts from three against Baylor. That feels like a missed opportunity. This dude is playing great basketball. I want to see him putting up. 10 three-point shots a game until he goes cold because he is ice. Uh, he's not ice cold. He's red hot right now. Trevinell, man, he's playing good basketball. Love that poll. It was fun to see how much of a focus Baylor made defending Trevinell in their, their scout and seeing it on the court. I know it was probably tough for the fans at home to see and like yourself because that camera view was horrific. <laughs> Woo, it was, was so high at Baylor. But uh, to kind of see the on-court communication where Baylor was truly – always communicating to identify 21 because that guy is a bucket as of late. I'm going to go with Foose, Triore. I just I love the minutes that Foose gave to BYU off the bench. Even Scott Drew in the post game on Tuesday said 45 was a real difference maker. And BYU, you know, an underrated thing is that they kept uh, Missy, the, the heralded freshman for Baylor, seven-footer, to zero points. And Foose was an impactful eight minutes in that game defensively and on the offensive end. I'm hoping to see a big leap for Foose again today to where we're, we're like, okay, Foose is back to normal, no doubt about it. He's a double-double because they need that from him. His presence 
and ability to just give BYU a threat in the post. That was sorely lacking against Cincinnati. They didn't have any sort of post play that was any threat to Cincy, but having that presence with Foose emerge against Baylor opened things up for their offense, so that's going to be a big player to watch to, for me today for BYU. I like that pull, Mitch. It was encouraging to hear him talk with the media and Coach Pope earlier in the week before they flew out to Florida, and boy, did they escape by the skin of their teeth, man. I, you're in Florida, BYU's in Florida, and the rest of us back here in Utah, we're suffering, man. It's, it's brutal out here. I wish I was in Florida. Anyways, uh, that's beside the point. Uh, Foose, no setbacks, feeling great. That's an encouraging sign going forward for BYU. Bold prediction time. Here's my bold prediction, Mitch. BYU out-rebounds UCF, another critical statistical category that has to go in favor of the Cougars. Cleaning up the glass against a lengthy UCF team. I like BOU to out-rebound them. I'll continue with the turnover theme. BYU stays under five turnovers. I think they'll have a... a that a, is bold, Mitch. That is bold. So I'm going to go with under five. And if they do that, I feel pretty confident they'll win this game. All right. Let's take the break here. We'll wrap things up on the other side. Give you our score predictions for BYU and UCF. Coming your way in just a little over an hour. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio.